hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of oh, the Alchemist hoping. Show pre-show. I was hoping somebody no. else would continue. Hello, and welcome to the Alchemist. Yeah, so today's episode will be done in the format of a Mad Lib. <laughs> uh, you find yourself in... I need a noun. <laughs> a a cruise ship. Constantopolis. We should... I should do that sometime. I should... Make it um it could be like a dungeon. Lib. It's like um a dungeon based on the user's perception of a dungeon. Well it just <laughs> every time you go to a Juxian a... cruise ship could be pretty interesting though. Yeah. They go on uh, tours of the Eversea. Yeah. Probably. And everybody aboard is a little bit racist towards Aldrax. Yes. Which I mean sure. they deserve it. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Let's uh, yeah. come on. Let, let's. Is Aldrax a race? I play though? a middle-aged housewife named Karen, and my goal is to <laughs> cruise for free. <laughs> <laughs> you start like tripping on things, uh, going into maintenance rooms, and you jump to off get the boat hurt. in front of it to say that you got <laughs> yep. hit by the boat. Yep. Oh my god. Okay. Hello. And welcome to another exciting episode of the Alchemist Club. Uh, we are brought to you today by Pillage uh, Darkness Myths, a free mobile RPG that you can find on any device that you wish to. Um, I've got hundreds of hours in, in this game. It's great. There are over 140 unique champions. I'm going to stop that bit now. How many legendary all no, of them I'm, are I'm interested now. Oh, all oh, of them are premium. Shit! And the you, best is it like is, a pack system, totally or do you free. unlock them? Do you have to beat them to get them? Like, how do you get them? They're geotagged. You have to go in real world yeah. and like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's actually kind of cool. There's legends everywhere. Somebody make that. They're not legends. No. They're myths. Oh. I yeah. play the cat girl. Anyway. <laughs> Which one? There are twelve. Yes. <laughs> Surprisingly, there's zero dwarfs, so I've boycotted it. Yeah. It's, I mean, they were trying for their own unique universe. It's fine. Uh, anyway, I'm Joe, your host and dungeon master for this exciting episode, which has already gone off the rails. Very. Joining me today, we have Daniel playing Shed Fleet. Kay Hall playing Desmond. I'm Zach, and I play Fall Rock. I'm Matt, and I play Leolin. Whoa, I'm Waffle, and I'm playing Tarajux. Wow. Who wants oh, to give us intro. a recap of what happened last time? Took that island, dunk it in the ground. Yeah, we dunked it. Yeah. Uh, there was an island. It was full of gross. The gnomes are like, hey, we have a protocol in place for blowing up gross islands. We're like, mm, tell us more. And they're like, yeah, we're going to throw this bomb at it. And we're like, yeah, all right, we'll help. And we and went then there. And said we do it for them. Yeah. yeah, we did all the work. Uh, and we went there. I got to ride a bomb. Um, Basil helped. And Basil helped a lot. That's Basil not. Was, Basil not understate that at all. Yeah, but it's like we all helped a lot. It Basil was a team rewrote effort. the very fabric of time while suspended from his stomach by a balloon. Yeah. Yeah, and I wrote a bomb with like very precise movement. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> I, I precision bombed an island with a bomb. Let's be real here. Let's be real. It, it becomes less impressive because you've done other impressive things in combat. 
Basil has always been impressive out of combat, but he risked life and limb and was still still came up clutch. Like yeah, if we were no, paying no. them, he would get I've, a raise. Chad no, has never part seen of the it. time fighting an ant. Chad has never seen a magic RCS system. So thank you, Chad. It's pretty pretty impressive. Thank you. But for such a great pilot, this must have been quite an easy feat. Well, you know, a, a little bit. He got him. I mean, a little. It's like, uh, you know, she's she's built like a bomb, but she handles a little bit like a Cessna, like a bull. <laughs> you can see so, Terry yeah. Jackson's inner gyroscopes self-writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, we destroyed an island at the behest of the gnomes. It was a really cool team effort, and everybody uh, pulled their weight. Uh, and I assume now, like, the gnomes are all landing on Teliferous, like, oh, yeah, we got them. And, like, two ornithopters <laughs> land, and, like, the pilots get out, and it's all, like, slow motion, <laughs> They've got, and like, they do, like, a high five. Like, sunglasses and a slow-mo yeah. high five. Absolutely. But they're all, like, they're all, like, two feet shorter than us. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> two feet shorter than us, shorter than you is a tall gnome. <laughs> okay. Gnomes then, uh, are, like, so they two get feet out. tall, full stop. I was, it was an average. <laughs> One of them in sunglasses pops open a treasure chest in the back and they pull out a volleyball net. <laughs> they're looking around for a beach. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, we go get shirtless. That's a, uh, enough a mental the... image I didn't really want. You don't like Gnomish it... Top Gun? <laughs> no. Not, not that much. Not, not like that. No. Um, top Gnome. <laughs> Top That's Copy something that. entirely different. Moving on, uh, we're on our way back. Yeah, yeah. You've got a whole day oh. back to Hopsnopolis. I oh much better at the gnomes at, than the gnomes at volleyball because I'm very tall. Yeah, because are you're you the even size allowed to play? Gnomes stacked on top of each other. Are you are you even allowed to play, or no. do you have to lay on the ground? Terrajux <laughs> is being used as the net. Yeah. Mm, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I have to hold up one end of it because we only have one fence post. The other other one is currently occupied by Lady Blossom's apple bonsai. Right. And they tried to hang the net on it. I'm like, no, 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 friend. Not there. You'll do your soul. Don't touch. Don't look. Don't even talk to Um, it. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely don't don't talk to it. Don't declare state secrets around it. (laughs) So we're, we're out there. We're enjoying pancakes and volleyball. Um... There's a gnome in charge here by the name of um crap, what was their name? What was uh, their name? I had it, but I don't know that my character sheet saved. Um These we definitely sheets. asked it. You don't run into with uh pen and paper character sheets. That's very true. But I just like I write down so much useless garbage that if I only it could had... be there and you just wouldn't know. Right. Well, with a like a paper sheet, I would already be out of room. Like yeah. I need those scrollable boxes. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, I go talk to the captain and I, you know, ask the hey, you know, are we done here? Is there anything else we need to accomplish? Um are, I assume you're gonna be giving a report of this. Do we also need to upload our minds to the cloud or you got this one? That's, like, that's a bit complicated for us. Be... You know, apparently we just suck at it. Like, 
That'll be up to uh, very bad. Captain Humplebumple, although with a full squadron giving a report, I don't know that you'll really need yours. Okay. We already have a pretty good idea of what the canker looks like, so up close and personal accounts, not super necessary. Sure. I just figured, like, <laughs> it still seems <laughs> like the uh, <laughs> the process of landing this bomb is not well understood. That's because we haven't had time to test it on much. Yeah. Well, at any rate, um, should have gotten a lot of help. data from that. What's so. um like? What's Humple Bumple like? I mean, I've only met her a couple times. She seems very dedicated to her work. It's like, I don't. You know, between you and me, I'm just we're trying to get on her good side. Uh, I recognize that she's she's got a lot of sway here in the city, and we're trying to we're trying to do right. But man, it's hard finding work. Uh, in Hobsonopolis when you're a team of adventurers in a tree ship. So this has been a really good break for us. I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping the door opens. Well, Humble Bumple is she's pretty tough on us, but she cares about her her uh, squad mates. Uh, the captain sure, used to sure. be one of us. You're, if you didn't know that, she was one of the ace pilots for the Ornithopter Corps before she got promoted up. Cold shoulder specifically, or no, no, she was in a different flight entirely, which I don't have a name made up for, so you're not going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, I leave them to their volleyball, and uh, it's more. Uh, I assume you leave, I've already. Hmm? If you leave, there is no volleyball. I um, I set up a standing vortex to hold the net. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, um. Once our course is set and we're headed for home, uh, we should probably check in with the uh, iconoclasts. Just like let them know, hey, we're still out here in the middle of nowhere. Did we ever tell them what happened in Juck? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. I only remember this because I listened to that episode like a week ago. Um, we contacted uh, Ingloria. Yeah, it was Ingloria. We contacted Ingloria on the Sending Stone. We told her, hey, there's a big old airship. We asked them if they had anybody in Jux that could help. And they're like, nope, we're all on vacation. And then I was like, okay, great. We'll do it ourselves. Can you remind me when, um, when, like, in relation to the continent, did you contact them? Was it, like, immediately after you left or after you had been traveling for a while? Um... So we actually contacted them before we left the continent. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. While we were up in the Aarakocran homeland. Yeah. So it's that was been... like the first thing we did getting back to the tree. Yeah. So it's been a couple weeks. Because yeah. we had the run-in with, well, we believe we have the run-in with the uh, true church. As yeah. Well. It's still fucking that... weird. Like, yeah. I don't understand why they just threw a coin at us and left. It was yeah. quite perplexed. It was. I could just be a flex. Like they could just be like, "Oh, we're always watching." And we're like, "Yeah, I, we know." Always watching, Wazowski. I've got my eye on you, Tara Jux Heiko. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, me specifically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I would like to just jot off a quick sending message to Glory to be like, "Hey, we're still alive. Um, we are out." Uh, off the northern edge of the continent doing uh, tasks. Um, 
hope everything's going well back there because we're like a week away from returning if there's any emergencies. Um, uh, airship is still there, I assume. Tarjax Heiko, terrible at composing sending messages. So they always yep. like take three messages <laughs> and ramble yep. and it's just junk. Uh-huh. Anyways, hope you're doing well. Good luck. Um, be safe and stuff. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, that's that's fine. Wait, does that mean it didn't send or Is just it fine? We don't know. <laughs> like, that we don't. Seem, we don't fucking know what that good. means. Like all of our allies, it seems, are having issues. We got a message back through when we were at. Hopstonopolis, so could be that out here is without land, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But we did, we definitely got a sending message it, in it, while we were in is Hopstonopolis. Is there a range on sending stones? Well, I don't think we've ever gotten right. static before. Oh, so. oh, I sorry, Joe. I didn't um, specify. I'm not using the sending stone. I'm using the ship communication suite. Yes. Okay. Just oh. just checking. Uh, I'm gonna okay. Well, then I need to test the communication suite. So I'm going to send a sending message to Ched saying, hey. Just, just hey. Ched, uh, you get a sending message that says, hey. Oh! <laughs> uh, <laughs> who's... I turn around. <laughs> Is there anybody Nobody's behind me? Nobody's there! Nope. Oh, spooky! Oh, weird. I go back to what I was doing. All right. Okay, so did you, did you send a response? Nope. Ask him if you're. Ask him if his refrigerator is running. <laughs> I go downstairs and I go, Ched, you got that message, right? What message? God damn it! The tree doesn't work. <laughs> uh, what do you mean the tree doesn't work? I where, sent a message where, to Ched I'm, and it didn't go through. Oh, I thought that was just you in another room. Or, or on the shit on the winds. You know, you know how you like listen and and do windy stuff. I thought you were just like throwing your voice or something. Oh yeah, I if that was two way, that would be super useful. But no. Um, oh okay. Well then yeah, sure I got you. Okay, all right. I got you. I go I go upstairs. Um, I think for a minute, and um, I will send a sending message to Irene. Um, and just basically say, hey, it's Tarajux doing a comm check. Are you all right? Question mark. <sighs> okay, so it does have a limited range then. Maybe we could check. Maybe the gnomes would know. I mean, they're yeah. out here all the time. Like, Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they would know the range of our tree's sending ability. But... Well, just if they have issues with communication yeah that's a good idea uh as we are headed back to hopsonopolis i will stop briefly and ask the gnomes how they communicate and if they've had any troubles out here long-range communication is often hampered by interference from the anchor it depending on the current sort of eddies and swirls going on down there can throw up uh, interference into magical forms of contacting other people at long range. Solar flares, got it. It's the canker anchor. Anchor canker. Um, does it get worse or better if you go higher? 
Oh, it remains about the same. Like it's a it's a magical projection more than anything else. So it doesn't mm. obey a whole lot of laws that we've been able to decipher. And, but it gets better if you're on a continent. Yes, having something between you and the anchor does facilitate or uh, absorb some of that magical radiation. Is Hopsonopolis big enough to create that shadow effect? Oh, yeah, and we've got, like, dampeners attached to the bottom to absorb some of it anyway. Oh, well, that makes sense. Okay, neat. So we'll try again when we get back. Yeah. We should get one of those dampeners. See if they're, I mean, they could be just ginormous. So we'll yeah. have to see if they fit. So stiliferous. <laughs> Different kind of ginormous. <laughs> All right, well, I don't have anything else to do, so. Yeah, I'm good. You arrive back at the grand city of Hopsonopolis. Oh, ah, oh, magnificent. Oh, the sight never ceases ah. to amaze. Mm, it's, it's no jacks, but it'll do. The cold shoulder <laughs> squadron uh, flies off back to their usual hangar. And I plonk Teliferous down on an island. On your island, specifically. Yes. Did we ever ask <laughs> you just crush your research called... lab. <laughs> Did we ever ask them why their squadron was called Cold Shoulder? Yeah, because, because they, they use ice magic. Charges or huh? Yeah, yeah, because they have it's all ice magic. Okay. Yep. We didn't ask them directly, but like that's what I inferred. Yeah, I forgot about their freezing the the yep. canker areas. Yep. Uh, I guess we'll go report to the office of Panona Humplebumple. Yeah. All right. If we can earn some goodwill. Yeah, she'll be like, you're a loose cop, loose cannon, but god damn it, you get results. <laughs> and we'll be like, thank you. We try That's our best. Blow up this airship for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you return to the Ornithopter HQ, and uh, Second Lieutenant Tippletoe waves you on through to Captain Humplebumple's office where she is um, looking over the reports, the written reports uh, generated by Cold Shoulder. Oh, they do written reports. Fancy. It's nice to have backups. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I give her a very respectful uh, finger pistols and a smile. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine you with like a really solemn... Yeah, finger pistols look. He like. looks like he's at a funeral, but he's yeah, just <laughs> very slowly and straight. Well, finger it's pistols. just like um, it's still finger pistols, but instead of being like held out towards the person, they're like down by the waist. <laughs> it's like pew, pew. Um, and I make a sweeping, vague gesture in the direction of the report, and then the crew of Teliferous, and I say, I trust everything is in order, and. The mission was accomplished to your specifications. She puts down the report and says, yes. Cold Shoulder uh, says that you handled yourselves admirably and you got results. And It's what we pride ourselves on. Might be the first time that we've handled ourselves admirably. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't (laughs) endanger any of my crew. And for that, we wouldn't dream of it. Very grateful. We have, I have, I've managed to scrounge together some hazard pay 
for you for undertaking this mission without really being given, you know, too much of a choice. We did kind of strong arm you into doing this for us. We would have done it either way. It needed to be done. She uh, plonks a hefty sack that jingles of coin onto her desk. That sack! And she says, I am, uh, I have to revise my opinion of, of you lot. At the very least, I am more inclined to think warmly of you now. <laughs> Pinota Humplebumple will remember that. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> we are, of course, for as long as we remain here, we are at the service of the Domestic Ornithopter Corps. If there are threats to Hopstonopolis, uh, we have found nothing but hospitality here, and we would be remiss if we did not jump to its defense. You know where to find us. Especially if, I... like, a Juxian airship happened to come this way or something. <laughs> They're not going to just send the Valor of Jux out into the void on the off chance that they'll find something. The, this is a secret city. They so... could be doing secret military maneuvers that we walk in on. You don't know. <laughs> and yeah, they're just out there, and Alabaster Raven's like, good, yes, now that we've completed the shakedown cruise. <laughs> is that a tree? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spits his tea everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like, into the face of an attendant. Yeah. And then chokes them for daring to interrupt his spit take. <laughs> Does it again? He's a Jaxian yeah. military advisor, not Darth Vader. <laughs> he is... He's worse than Darth Vader. At least Darth Vader cared about his droids or something. Um... Anyways, uh, thank her, wish her the best, let her know we're always looking for quests, and then uh, snatch that cash. Shoop. You grab it. But I, I do it with, like, mage hands, so it, like, floats over to me, and then I grab it. Okay. With she wind. raises an eyebrow for a moment before returning to her paperwork. I didn't want to go over to her desk, and she'll be like, no, you can't look at these, they're classified. And I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, yeah, now we gotta go beat it out of your brain with an egg whisk. I'm like, I don't want that. <laughs> As you are exiting her office and walking back out, uh, Second Lieutenant Tippletoe says, I have a, a couple of messages that were left for you while you were gone. What? <laughs> from who? Uh, the first is from Mayor Crumbledown. Okay. Who uh, wanted to let you know that the council reached a preliminary decision on what to do about your news of the Juxian warship that you mentioned. Yes. They are planning on uh, planting a gnomish scientist claiming to be from the Hall of Mysteries in the Imperial Court to recommend directly to the Empire that um, elemental sources of power are not terribly efficient and will inevitably result in war with the inner planes i fear that won't be enough yeah i don't i don't the, I, I don't think they care the raw they're unchecked they're... ambition of alabaster Sorry, Raven would, will not be swayed we're, by we're not talking to the right person here she's just the messenger i know i'm talking to you all i'm voicing my complaint now i know sorry we what's know. the other message what was the other message the other message is uh, from Engineer Fibblestib Lufalu. I believe you saw him yes. here at my desk uh, previously. Yeah, we spent a lot of time at this desk. He 
wanted to let you know that he's thought of something you could do to sort of help with the missing parts investigation that wouldn't require you to travel down into the guts. So if you wanted to help him out with that, he said you could reach him at his uh, crust side office. Okay. Um, Miss Stolik, I gnomish culture is uh, wonderful, but uh, still unknown to me. Is it considered rude to use sending in these parts? <laughs> we Get... tend not to... Uh... We don't make a whole lot of sending stones because most of our early prototypes had a had a tendency to explode. Hmm. I see. That's an answer enough, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, and we will be back someday, I assume, for more misadventure. One can only hope. And off to Fibblestib's office. All right. Uh, do we want to try? Do we want to try to communicate again? Yeah, I think like now that we're, yeah. um, I should probably also ask the mayor, like, hey, can we move our ship around now that we're no longer like criminals? <laughs> you were just never... like, if we, yeah, but specifically, I want to be able to like fly it above the city and try to get better reception. <laughs> oh, I see. Or like we might be able to fly around and be like, hey, you guys need water we got water hey you guys need this lifted we can lift it like <laughs> like we have a, a a nuclear submarine but it's also useful as other things so we might be able to make some spare change while we're waiting on council decisions or who knows what okay we're not using the teleferous to do fetch quests we already did that for the aracochran yes. <laughs> we've we've literally already used it as a crane and nobody complained then. Uh, what do you guys think we should do about this whole mayor only sending a scientist thing? Uh, I think we should talk to him about it and yeah. explain your side of things um, right. and see if yeah. there's something they could do to help us uh, fight it. But I mean, honestly, having someone go there to get more information on it as a spy would probably be a big help in and of itself. So I still yeah, think it's a good start. I, I we need to stress that that may not be enough and pro will probably not be enough. So I'm not sure how much you want to fill him in on your, you know, backstory, but just maybe making sure they are aware that this is not a new endeavor. Yeah. And that this has been something that they've been after a long time. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. If mm -hmm. like, if they, they probably already know that elementals are not an ideal power source, mm -hmm. but they don't care. It's like the, the short-term gains are too great. All right. Uh, let's go to Fibblestib's office and be like, hey, we're going to do a black and white noir mystery. <laughs> I thought about that. <laughs> There's plenty of opportunity for it here. <laughs> she came into my office. She was all legs, two foot two. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what's a dame like you doing in a place like this? <laughs> her hat was wider in the brim than she was tall <laughs> oh. <laughs> she was like a gnomish uh, she was like a gnomish ornithopter always moving prone to explode <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, yep. Fibblestiv's office is not 
too terribly far from the patent office. Oh, good. So you are easily able to make your way there via a uh, horseless carriage ride. Robust public transit. Very much so. Uh, the whole city, like a well-oiled machine. <laughs> that explodes. That explodes. Uh, a yeah. well-oiled gunpowder engine. The best kind of engine. Yeah. Think about your returns on energy input. It's pretty good. Anyway, uh, the chief engineer's office is kind of um, an unoppressive affair. It's only a single story, uh, from the outside anyway. Um, doesn't look like it's super well-maintained. Hmm. But you uh, sort of unload, you walk in, um, there's only a few rooms. Fibblestiff himself is actually sitting like right in the, the first room that you come into. Behind a desk okay. that is littered with half-disassembled machinery. As any good engineer's desk would be. As, yes. <laughs> um, is he in the midst of anything right now, or is he just like idle animation? He's tinkering with something that could conceivably be a clock or perhaps a pipe bomb. <laughs> um, Those are old. a toothbrush. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, it depends on face, whether you're you a school administrator. A on it. it does, but that doesn't really tell you much. Nope. I, I reach up and I like jangle the bell above the door with my hand. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks up. Um, from tightening a screw, and he says, "Oh, you came. Please come in." Yes, uh, we came as soon as we got the message. I heard you, you boys, were doing some pretty good work out there on that cankerous island. Yeah. Um, how long have you all like? What's the first time you've seen the canker? Um, how long have you been dealing with it? Well, that's not really my area of expertise, but I'm given to understand that. Uh, it was first encountered several centuries ago. Gosh. We, as far as we know, it's in a relatively self-contained portion of the world. Um, I'm sure our chief eggheads over in research will be scratching their heads trying to figure out how a chunk of it ended up this far north. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> 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 and, like... And I'm, I just have to take a moment because I'm like, maybe egghead means what it does on the continent, but it could also be that they're like, there's a special kind of gnome here that like have Has an egg shaped head, have eggs for heads. And I'm like, <laughs> I hear you found a lead on the missing teleporter components. Well, it's, that... they're not teleporter components. Portal components. Portal generator. And it's not so much a lead as a, a sort of sting operation. Ooh, we like stings. We... <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say we were good at them. We like yeah. them. Farrakh <laughs> holds up a hand like right in front of Tarjux. He's like, I'll do the talking from here. <laughs> Oh, we're doing a good cop, bad cop thing. So what's what's the details? What are we... Yeah, give us the details. No. You... Shush. <laughs> he... You better tell us. 
he strokes his <laughs> hold his, me back, uh, Shed <laughs> mutton chops, and uh, he says, "Well, we recently had a batch of phaseotella stabilizers that was partially faulty, and My so God. we moved them over to the primary scrapyard in the trenches." Now, you could theoretically fix them up to serve as phaseotella stabilizers for a portal generator, but they were too damaged and uh, didn't work correctly, so they're well below Gnomish safety standards. However, if you were trying to... The high bar of Gnomish safety standards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's got a 11% failure rate, so it's a... It's above the 10% standard. If someone was trying to put together a, a sort of a slapdash DIY portal generator, these would be a prime opportunity for them to acquire some vital parts. And as the scrapyard is in the trenches rather than the guts, I figured this would be an opportunity for you to help without pulling any manpower off of the Gnomish city guard. So the ploy here is we gather up these broken components and we try to sell them or like we just watch the scrapyard and wait for someone to steal them. I was thinking more along the latter lines. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. We could do a stakeout. So where exactly yeah. are we staking out? Are we going to get tail? So there's um so there's a scrapyard. It's got a portal MacGuffin in that doesn't quite work great, but it doesn't yeah. work. So we're just going to stake out the scrapyard, and when someone comes along and picks it up, um, we're all going to like emerge out of nowhere with like bobby hats on and um, clubs. And we're going to be like, well, 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 what's all this then? He'll be like, uh, I was just picking it up for a friend. Hang on. Do we, and then do we're going to club him. Do we want to catch him in the act, or do we want to No, we, we want to tail him. Yeah, we definitely want to tail him. And then uh, we, we get him, and we get him in a room, and then Desmond casts Zone of Truth, and I'm like, yeah, you're going to spill, see? And then uh, Falrock's like, look, just do what he says. And then <laughs> do what he says, stabs I, him. I'm going to get you out of this, buddy. Don't worry. I was going to say, I, the back, I, can, like, I can take off a finger. Ched, get out the car battery. And Ched's like, what's no, a car? Out, what's no, a no, car? He's, <laughs> he's getting the bear out. He mauls him, and then, and then I heal him. Yeah. And then we, the bear mauls him again. It's like, you know, you don't have to have the electricity. I have, I mean, like, yeah. And it's like, if they ever get numb to the bears, then we introduce shocking grass. <laughs> numb to the bears. So we already We get have, out of citizen snips. We already have wet cop and short cop. So this means we're adding bear cop. Yep. <laughs> bear cop and tar jux. <laughs> jux cop. Jux cop. Yeah. Jux cop, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so... Fibbleston says, we would prefer that you prevent them from stealing it rather than tailing them. Oh. As if they end up going back down into the guts, you won't be able to follow. Oh, I was wondering mm. about that, yeah. Well, that's, that's probably good. You know, the whole stealthily infiltrating a, you know... Underground layer of sorts is not really our strong suit. So. It's okay, Leyland. We've grown as people since then. <laughs> <laughs> Look at how much so more responsible are these, we are. 
So where are these parts going to be left so that we can keep an eye on them? Yeah, what do, do they have, look like? Because like? I don't know what a, a tele-defrabulated um, Schmeckeldorf looks like. <laughs> Schmeckeldorf? So just uh, <laughs> sketches out what the parts look like there. Okay. Um, they're roughly, they're, they're pretty large for a gnome, like the size of a normal basketball. Oh, I was I was hoping they would be like big enough to hide in. No, <laughs> the gnomes would need to be able to carry them. They, I'm sure they have like power loaders here. Probably. <laughs> okay. Well, um, do we sort of know where those are in the junkyard, or that's something you'll have to take up with the junkyard owner? Cool. Do you have like a letter of recommendation or like? Because we're, I mean, we're from out of town. Uh, people don't trust us inherently, as they shouldn't, because we're strangers. Uh, if we show up to the junkyard, be like, hey, show us where your reticulating flabbernaster is. He'll be like, hmm, sounds like you're with the cultists. Do you have maybe like a stamp or a signature? <laughs> yes, or like a, the gnomish portal cultist. A letter of recommendation. I already <laughs> sent a note down ahead of you. Oh, uh, okay. even better. We'll be on our All way right. then. To the junkyard. Nah, 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 oh, nah. What's our plan? Stakeout. Leyland turns invisible and just sits next to it, and then when they come out, he just cuts cuts <laughs> the ah! I was thinking. I was right. thinking Ched could turn into some sort of Whoa, creature. Like, but a... that only lasts Not a couple hours. Very long. Yeah. yeah. This is like a multi-day thing. I could, I could concentrate on. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna. We're gonna be, like... sit in a junkyard for days. I mean, Leland's <laughs> like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> we can take shifts. <laughs> if we had like scrying sensor, we could just do it that way. But we don't. So yes, we are. <laughs> Unless you have something else that like, is pressing matter. Do you have a hot date to attend? Oh, I've got some pressing matter to attend to. Do you? Was that, was that a bathroom <laughs> That's joke? A poop joke. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Um, no, I'm looking to see if there's something I can prepare to help us. It's just like it's, Ched doesn't understand so. gnomish bathroom, yeah. so he's just been holding it until he gets back to Teliferous. <laughs> oh, poor Ched. <laughs> None of us have like, do we? Right. And that's why I'm saying that we would have to just like stake it out. Which I, I think that's fine. We're not doing anything else with our time. I mean, no. if there are, if there's any wildlife on this island, I might be able to persuade them to. Oh, get them to watch it for us. Yeah, I have um, animal friendship. The so the problem is that this is the size of a basketball. They're gonna come in and just like pick it up and put it in a backpack, and then they're gone. Mm -hmm. So we have to be like in the area ready to apprehend. Yeah, we can, I mean, we can be in the area while the animal keeps watch. We'll just, like, sit at a nearby, like, pizzeria, just hanging out. Uh, it's probably better for Leyland. <laughs> We're gonna be in a scrapyard for three days? Um, I have, I have the fine trap spell. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll find some and then go pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go pick them up and replace them at the scrapyard. Seriously, sure we should... Can... 
Sure, we could ask one of the gnomish engineers if they have a little. I mean, you know, side project that they want Leyland, to test it out or something. You were a ranger. You grew up in a forest. Do you know how to lay down a like a net trap? Or a... yeah, we should we should get like um. Hey, did no, you? I grew up in the Edgelands. Yeah, there's no trees in the Edgelands. There's like or sagebrush. Any... Yeah, it's scrubby. Okay. Yeah. We could actually, like, commission a gnome to make us, like, a net gun, and then we, like, rig that up with a motion sensor. Or, no, we, we train a what squirrel. We're like, hey. Fires, though? Then it'll be funny. It'll, yeah, but then we fail. <laughs> well, yeah, but it'll be, like, a Scooby-Doo failure. We'll learn from it. <laughs> and we'll still win by the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, will you now? <laughs> Name a Scooby-Doo episode where they lose. <laughs> Um, so I think, like, let's go buy a net gun. How much gold was in the thing that I was given? 2,500 gold pieces. Hot dangity. Which is, like, half of what a pilot would get for hazard pay for a mission like that. Yeah, but, I mean, we're... (laughs) Jeez. We're fucking randos. I mean... I don't know. We could have somebody post up at the entrance or like outside the entrance to the scrapyard and then like notify via ascending spell the people who are lying in wait inside that somebody is coming and we should we should be on alert and hide. Yeah, and we that, could do that. In that case, I can shift into an animal and be like the the out in the open kind of lookout, not necessarily out in the open, but Yeah, the let's less do that. Conspicuous. Well, okay, well, I mean, here's... I just that's assuming they don't just hop a fence. Or... Let's go to the junkyard and see what we're well, dealing why with. We, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, why don't we get a lay of the land? A lay yeah. of the land. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> we'll workshop it. I like puns, <laughs> but... That's... The, a lay really of the land. That qualifies as a pun. Exactly. <laughs> All right. We go to the junkyard. junkyard. Yeah. While we're going, try to send a message to Ingoria again. Well, I don't know if we're on the. I have to do that from the ship. Yeah, sorry. Oh, actually, I mean, I guess I do have the sending stone, or Falrock does, because he's responsible. Joe, I attempt to locate the nearest animal inside the junkyard. From inside the junkyard. We're not. Well, let's get to the junkyard first. I have the scenery to describe. Uh... Fine. Okay. In an empty white box. Oh, oh it'll be easy to spot the scrapyard. Oh my god, then. I'm getting so many frames in here. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy your scenery now. 120 frames. Woo. <laughs> oh, what's what's the junkyard owner like? We're not at the junkyard yet. Yeah, but I, now we are. I get in the bus. I go to the junkyard. <laughs> I'm at the front door. You I go walk inside. to the nearest taxi stop and you hire <sighs> a taxi that goes down into the trenches rather than remaining up on the crust level of Hopsinopolis. Yummy. This taxi takes you to one of the uh, many sort of open gaps in the streets that you have passed from time to time that seem to go down quite a ways. And... Um, clatters right over the side the cabin of the of the taxi rotates such that you are still like gravity normal it's gyroscopically stable 
Oh, okay. And nice. uh, skitters down into the the trenches level of Hopstonopolis. And the scenery is different here. Um, it's a little more cyberpunk and a little less steampunk, although there are still lots of pipes emitting uh, steam and random gouts of vapor and gears and such. But uh, much of the lighting down here is all uh, sodium and neon. Um, Ooh. Think about uh, sort of like a, a lower Coruscant, really. Yeah. I need to get a samurai sword. <laughs> when we first approached that, that like, old, I thought it was going to be like a pneumatic tube or something. <laughs> it just launches it just... you. <laughs> uh, like, they tried implementing drama. that system for mass trans- transit, but a lot of people <laughs> got pulped. A lot of people died. <laughs> it was higher than the allowed 10% fatality rate. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's, it's like a, a steampunk version of Coruscant. Um, quality of the housing down here is a little rougher. Like, up on the top layer, it was very much like people who could afford to have a view of the sky. Uh, so you've got a lot of um, shady, more shady alleys. And it's not to say that like you're going to get shanked when you step out of the taxi. It's but just totally um, a different atmosphere. Shady alleys. There's a lot of street vendors hawking their wares. Um, yeah. Think like the sort of thing that you'd see in New York City in the middle of the day, but all lit by neon and orange orange lighting. Okay. And as usual, the bizarrely positioned and proportioned architecture continues. Like there are random spars of building that just reach out across the street. Um there's a lot of traffic, like there are a lot of these automated carriages walking around and gnomes taking like lifts and zip lines and ladders and stairs to get from place to place, level to level. It's as much uh, vertical as it is horizontal. And there are areas where there's like a normal street that you can walk across, but then there are also areas where it's just an abyss that goes further down into the city. And after moving through the hustle and bustle of the trenches for uh, a little while, maybe half an hour or so, uh, you arrive at a, um, a large gate that has the words Fifth Third Scrapyard uh, sort of imprinted upon it. And there's, you can see beyond the gate just piles of junk. Uh, machines, bits of metal, scrap, all scattered in uh, heaps and mounds. And there's a little uh, building position just inside the gate that says office. On the I, expected, uh, I expected the gnomes not to use improper fractions, but I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Improper fractions are the way to get the best results. Ugh. Irregular math makes the biggest That's explosions. The yeah. <laughs> They're like the only race that won't use the metric system. They've invented their own measurement system. Some things explosions can't fix. All right. Uh, Go into the office. Uh, You go up to the office. There is a grumpy looking gnome seated behind a desk. He is um, basically he's just staring out the window and like cutting his fingernails with a knife. 
Question. Answer. Does he have a junkyard dog? You don't see any junkyard dogs, no. Damn it. (laughs) Falrock, are you going to good cop this? Oh, we're here to help, uh, well, hopefully locate someone who's been stealing dangerous scrap. Fibblestib sent us, see? Oh, yeah, you're you're those fellas. He he sent down a note. Yeah, you can uh you can go on in, have your run of the place, I guess. Don't try not to take anything, really. It's all due to be melted down and recycled at some point, but always backlog, you know how it is. The gnomes they're always trying to double check, make sure everything's accounted for, got all that paperwork to fill out, forms in triplicate. You know, back in my grandfather's day, we used to... This junkyard was much, much cleaner. We didn't have all these mountains of things. It was just a few piles of scrap here and there. People would dump stuff up, and we'd melt it down in the refinery right away, pass it back out to the uh, all the forges and metalworks and steamworks as, as soon as we could, and we didn't have to let things pile up like this. But the new mayor wants to regulate all the parts, make sure nothing of value or magical ends up getting reprocessed. We had a big incident a few years ago, you know. Uh, there was a whole a whole big whoop-de-doo where people, uh, we sent out some ingots of metal that had been infused with some abjuration magic, and then people welded them into a wall, and then a year later they tried to take that wall down, but they couldn't because the metal was self-shielding. So eventually they had to just take out that entire city block and throw it over the edge. Nobody could break it down. It was... What? Exciting. And he gives every impression of being able to continue rambling like this for the next hour and a half. That does make me kind of want to go grab the Teliferous and do like the magical item search in this junkyard, (laughs) but you know. I don't think they're going to let us take stuff out of here though. Yeah. Um, So yeah, you said that everything's trying to be cataloged. Do you, would you know where the, or near where these uh, uh, parts that are in danger of being stolen would be kept? Is there a specific mountain we should go looking at? He pulls out um, a grease-covered note, and he's like, "Well, you're looking for... Oh, right, the Phaseo Telestabilizers. They're back in uh, Sector 5, and he uh, points to a map of the scrapyard that's hanging on his wall, and you can see that it's... um, Roughly circular in shape, kind of. It has irregular edges, but um, it's divided up into eight sectors, and Sector 5 is mm-hmm. kind of uh, the furthest back from the main entrance. Because, of course, okay. Okay. Is, is there any typical way that that you all know of, of, of gnomes getting into the junkyard to steal stuff? Well, we occasionally have run-ins with thieves or teenagers who think they're being cool. They try and hop the main fence here. The scrapyard is covered by a dome for the the back half, so it's difficult to get in that way. You know, back in my great-uncle's day, they used to have, you know, young lovers come here, and they thought it was an excellent spot to canoodle, if you you take my meaning. Uh, Oh, I take it. Dozens of couples when he was the junkyard manager. It's... Really, it's gone downhill. You can tell the quality of the scrapyard isn't what it used to be because now it's only ever people coming in to steal things instead of to 
make eyes at each other. Now, mm. in my great-great-grandfather's well, day... <laughs> I, I, I'd love to continue this conversation, but uh, we really should go get you ever looking for of, these parts. Have you ever thought of electrifying the fence? <laughs> electrifying? Leland, I'll leave this one to you. I, I'm going to go uh, start looking around. <laughs> well, my great-great-great-grandfather once tried to explodify the fence, so <laughs> if anybody touched it, it would explode on contact. <laughs> a nitroglycerin-infused chain-link fence. But he had Layla. to keep rebuilding the fence every time a bird flew into it, so he, <laughs> he got tired after the fifth time. What's fifth electricity? time in a day. <laughs> What's, electric What's electricity, says Terrajux. Yeah. <laughs> Master of lightning. Yeah, lightning, not electricity. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah. Farhawk's moving. Let, okay. Let's go check out the thing. So Looking while on the other side of Hopsternopolis. No, the other side of the junkyard. The penguin prepares to unveil his perilous plot. Oh. Okay. <laughs> He's the nearest animal. Chad detects him with his locate animal spell. <laughs> uh, so you exit the office and make your way out into the mountains of scrap and i think that's where we will stop for this episode uh, so i've been joe your host and dungeon master for another thrilling alchemist club adventure uh, if you wish to get in touch with us you can do so do so at the alchemist club 88 at gmail.com or the alchemists club 88 at gmail.com you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. And our Twitter handle is at alchemist underscore club. Our brave adventurers today were... Uh, Daniel playing Chad Fleek, who wants to, at, at for once, prove that the party can be stealthy. <laughs> Kale playing Desmond. I'm Zach, and I play Short Cop. I'm Matt. And I play Leyland, and I don't know what you're talking about being stealthy. I meant the party. <laughs> I'm Waffle, and I play Juxcop, and we are not stealthy. <laughs> Thanks for joining us.